Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I want security. Hey everyone, welcome back for the second episode of July where we're going to talk about uh, things that you can do to kind of prevent future attacks and this is going to be through the lens of Kaseya just because that's the most recent thing in the news. I am um, joined again today by Derek. Derek, how are you doing? Great, Corey. Thanks for having me yet again. Yep, we'll do the same introduction where it's like, I think you're starting to become a regular on this podcast. <laughs> but no, Such a sinister <laughs> laugh. <laughs> we always enjoy having Derek here. He provides a good perspective on the basically the different side of the glass when we kind of get into uh, talking about these technical things. He offers a great perspective on just kind of the business side of things. So I'd like to just kind of get right into it and just talk about basically based on what we saw with what happened to Kaseya earlier this month, what can we do in the future to make sure that it doesn't happen to us? And no matter what we do, like there's always going to be if it's there, there, there will never be it's always going to be a non-zero chance that that you could be compromised. So you're always doing these things just to kind of go through the motions and making sure you're doing your due diligence to keep yourself as safe as possible. And I think the first thing that it specifically with Kaseya, what you should do to keep it safe is just put it in the cloud, right? Would you agree with that, Derek? In this case, I don't see what advantage you really get from deploying Kaseya on-prem. I know it's, you know, maybe, maybe you're a super small business and there's kind of a one person wears many hats. That might be a great reason for this to be on-prem. That being said, if you're over 25 people, this this should just be cloud-based all day long. Um, there's just so many more advantages for this kind of tool to be deployed from the cloud. And then really, today's remote work, you probably want in the cloud anyway to, yeah. to reach all your workers who are probably in some facet working remote. Exactly, it's, it's, easy, it's more secure it's not more secure, but the maintenance with cloud products is more timely. I would say this, that's actually what makes it secure. Yeah. It's, it's more of a zero touch uh, maintained by the SaaS provider in this in this case. Those patches don't really, they just, they go through. Yeah, so yeah. They're flipping through VMs wherever they're, you know, deployed before you even know what happens. And then, you know, it's instantaneously up to the next version. Yeah, and actually a little Archon Insider information about Kaseya when so when I first got here and I became the Kaseya admin that would have been in uh, May of 2018 2019 May of 2019 when we had Kaseya so when they would release new versions so they were taking care of the updates we were in the cloud um the we kind of went through a stretch where when they would release an update there would be like a two to three day period where things would function slower than what we would like and it was having a little bit of a business impact so we sat down and talked about moving it on-prem and the logic behind that was if we move it on-prem then we can keep it one version behind for like a month and then let them work the bugs out of the new update and then when everything's safe then uh, or when everything's worked out, then we'll just go to the newest version. And that's kind of what the start of the conversation was. But as we started digging deeper, um, 
and basically looking at the responsibilities and MSP that we have to our clients, we decided that it might be uncomfortable to work with something for two to three days that is underperforming just a little bit. Um, but the security that it provides, keeping it in the cloud, outweighs the two to three day period that it might run a little slow. So we made the decision to keep to keep it in the cloud. And then as we made the decision to keep it in the cloud, the Kaseya updates actually got like substantially better to where it didn't you weren't affected in any way, shape or form uh, when they updated the VSA. But a lot of people got into the situation because um, they were on prem for you know whatever reason, if it was a business reason, just kind of a personal reason. But they were they would stay one version behind, then they would come up, and though that happened to be the majority of the companies that were hit, if not all of them, were in that exact scenario. Yeah, you're almost talking about different schools of thought and what dojo do you belong to in patch management. That's definitely a, I, I would say that the way you explain it for Kaseya that that sounds great on paper, but in the act of hey, where are we? You're you're really adding a lot of steps and hops for yeah. SP. Uh, so if you follow them, great. It's it's a couple of little extra steps, and you know you, you might be able to get around a little bit of the quality of service that you explained on the front end that seems to have gone away. Um, that being said, I would probably want to just keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Let the SaaS provider handle it. Obviously, you'd want to be in close contact. Say, hey, we're seeing on these patch days, we're seeing stuff degrade a little bit. You know, we have a number of clients that this is an important tool. We, we spent a lot of money with you. How are you addressing it? That being said, I think we probably take the the latter when it comes to stuff like Windows ups, updates. So we want them to bake in a little bit before we deploy them because, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen all too many patches roll back and then it's like, well, great. Now we caused all this heartburn for no reason because the patch was released too early. Exactly. So, again, there's different ways to, to, to do that, but... Patching is very important, and it's not one size fits all with with your model. You really have to make sure that the model fits the MSP, but on top of that, more importantly, your customers. So, yeah, at the end of the day, you just want to keep it in the cloud because nobody knows more about Kaseya than Kaseya itself, and they will always apply patches in a timely fashion. It will fix security vulnerabilities if there are any present, and will also add... uh, some performance improvements. Um, so trusting the vendor to maintain their their own product is probably the safest way to like move forward. Right? Yeah, and it's a partnership. It's not blind trust. Yeah. Don't don't get us wrong here at Archon. It's you. Know, there's always a a measurement going on from from us upstream, just like we're measured by our clients. But at the same time it's still best in breed. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's why we are using them as a tool. It's, it's a huge advantage. We can service many, many clients remotely with this tool and until there's a better replacement, it's, it's the one we're, we're going with. It's not perfect, but at the same time, we would never tell you that we, any tool we have is perfect because here come the crosshairs. Yeah, exactly. And so then when you get in the discussion, basically, like from our perspective of what do you do to prevent this from happening in the future? Once it's in the cloud, from a Kaseya perspective, there's nothing we can do to prevent this from happening in the future. So what our conversation turns into is the other infrastructure we manage. How can we improve that infrastructure to make sure that A, the attack doesn't happen in the first place, but then if it does happen, how can we get businesses up and running 
as quickly as possible. So you kind of turn the turn the discussion away from Kaseya and it goes more into making sure you have proper security practices in place. Um, you have a SOC team like what we have at Archon that are constantly monitoring these systems and making sure that there's nothing on the back end happening that looks malicious or you know looks like it's trying to exploit any type of vulnerability. And then third, making sure that you have everything backed up just in case something does go down. If you've got a backup ready to go, then you can get a business up and running within a couple hours. Yeah, and I, I would actually kind of elaborate from what you said because I think the theme there is no single point of failure, yeah. whether it's hardware, architectural-based, or human capital. We have a SOC team that's independent of some other security teams here. Um, they work independently, but at the same time, they're all managed under the same umbrella. Uh, when you're talking about Kaseya going out, well, it doesn't mean we can't still go into a you know a computer and 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 fix something remotely. We've just kind of been kneecapped at that time to do it at scale via scripts, uh, which is probably the number one way we use it. But going back up the chain to to teams and human capital, you don't want a single person being the only person that has the keys or the knowledge uh, to get things done. You want a backup to that person, whether it's on the same team or other. So life goes on. If, if, if that path is disconnected for any reason, um, it's the same reason why you don't want a you know, single service provider coming into your, your manufacturing facility. Someone cuts that line downstream to the, inter, you know, to the data center or wherever, you want to make sure you have a redundant link so you're yeah. always up and running. You want a, a failover policy in place that just happens because it was pre-programmed and whether that's uh, who's got the keys now or automatically done through software switching, it's there for a reason. Yeah. Yep. And that's the, as an MSP or just any business in general, I think we do have three very good steps in place where it's, you know, step one, put VSA in the cloud. That way the latest and greatest security measures are being applied to it when they are released. Then two, you put a team that, monitors the infrastructure of all of our clients to make sure nothing kind of fishy is going on. And then three, you make sure that the infrastructure that you maintain yourself um, has the ability to be brought back up from backups if worst case scenario something was to go down. Backups are backups are probably one of the most underutilized tools you can use. It's because storage is so cheap these days. Using a backup solution is a great way of making sure that you park that critical data encrypted at some offsite location as a just in case. Because it's so commoditized, it's really, in a lot of cases, it's a, unless you're using heavy media files, it's a rounding error. So do you need it? Not always until you do. And then you're kicking yourself for saying, why didn't I just push backups to Azure? Because it's just, you know, it, it really doesn't, with the help of Archon, that, that's a very simple task for us to do today. Um, and it would save a lot of people from having to even worry about the stuff that's crypto locked on site if it happens. Exactly. Which it has happened. Yeah. So. Yeah. What we're seeing with trends now with SolarWinds and now Kaseya is MSP's got to be pretty vigilant. Um, we're not just advocating security. We're part of we're part of the attack you know, supply chain. So in what we now have to do is it's almost like the low-hanging fruit. Well, someone's realized that you can take a hack into one of these trusted providers that has an API or other that's already trusted. Well, if the source of that command has been compromised, then it's going to carry through that supply chain and then affect all downstream users. 
that's now the new trend that we're seeing um, as an MSP that, I mean, this is, we're in the game more than we've ever been with this recent Kaseya attack mm-hmm. for many reasons. It, it's our customers and our customers' customers that are being affected if we are part of the on-prem. Thankfully, we weren't. Yep. But at that time, you know, the, for us to now see that this is the new thing, you know, before it might have been phone scamming. Yeah. Attacks kind of just evolve and mutate, and they're really just going for the, the low-hanging fruit, the, the easiest easiest thing to hack with the highest impact and we we're talking about 70 million dollar uh, ransomware request that's that's not small money yeah the solar winds and Kaseya stuff didn't happen by accident it was you know the combination of what Derek is saying and it's the the fact of like Kaseya and solar winds has claws so deep into other businesses just by the nature of their product that if you're able to compromise something that reaches out to so many other businesses the payday on it can just be massive yeah, and I think actually a, a good example is when those home security cameras, the baby cameras, yeah. that hack came out where people were able to, I don't know what the end result was, but in theory they were able to like get into anybody's home and and, and I think they were using the compute to do DDoS attacks. But it's really, if, if I could already use an infrastructure that's there in place, why wouldn't you? Because now you can have a simple script that goes out and then, you know, one... One small team can then multiply that attack out across the board, across many states, countries. Uh, it, it's huge because for every person you hack, there's 100 entities under it. Yep. So on and so forth. Yep. That's why it's important too uh, for our conscious as an MSP to just be a responsible gatekeeper um, because we are in that scenario what would sit in between the vendor and the client. Um, and we are just kind of like that last. Uh, last chance in any of those situations where having you know the having the team that's looking at it in real time can be very beneficial to minimize damages and then having proper backups in place uh with our infrastructure uh then we'll be able to get anything up and running that was then affected and i think that's just kind of the playbook that that you you have to follow right yeah and i would say the advantage to going with archon and you know here's you know selfless plug you're relying on Archon as a aggregate of many customers to that vendor. So our voice, no offense to customers that might be pretty loud when they're going direct through retail chains. We have a lot of customers behind us and a lot more spend than the individual client. So going through a channel, which would be MSP, Archon, up to the vendor, we have the ability to lean on the channel at the vendor side to get things done a lot sooner, a lot faster, a lot, you know, with, with more speed because... We're a bigger entity by nature of economies of scale. So an individual at a small business might not, you know, you're going to sit on that phone queue and wait for you to be put into contact with a company that might have just got, you know, severely hacked. No offense, you're not a high priority on that call queue and you could be sitting on there for a long time when instead you should be maybe, you know, disconnecting things from the network and making sure that it doesn't get worse. Yeah, there's definitely powers and numbers in that situation where the more people you can have behind you, the more voice you can have in a situation like that because everything's just kind of reliant on one one singular thing in that moment. Yeah, for sure. And we can escalate those requests a lot faster through our ticketing base, which once we see a couple patterns, that goes to tier two, tier three right away to the to the vendors that we work with versus you having to waste your time on that phone, You know, maybe getting an answer for your CFO, COO or not. 
right away. Um, and that's a tough day to be sitting in that chair because you, no, for no fault of your own, you've trusted a service that's been compromised. Yep. And thankfully, in the scenario that we saw with Kaseya earlier this month, it was step one uh, is what saved us in that plan. It was just keeping it in the cloud. Um, that was the most responsible thing that we could have done with the product. And therefore, as a result, even though our VSA went down for just for, you know, cautious reasons, um, there was we weren't affected and our clients were not affected by any ransomware in any way. So on the, the remedy side, I, we were talking last week, I think, over lunch, you mentioned that, you know, it was a, it was a pretty sharp halt to Kaseya services across the board, including this, the cloud version that we live and operate in. But you also mentioned that they, they came back soft. Can you kind of explain what you saw? How did it, how did they come back and maybe what the methodology behind that playbook was? Yeah. So how, so they took everything down for, it was about two and a half weeks. And that was to address the security vulnerabilities that were exploited during the attack. So they patched all of that up, added in some new features to improve security going forward. And then when they brought it up, it was like a Sunday at, at 3 p.m. They brought it up and then it went down Monday, came back up, went down Tuesday, came back up, went down Wednesday and came back up. And then that Thursday on, it has not gone down since then. So essentially, I think what their strategy behind it was, you know, open it back up let everybody get back into their instances then uh as they're seeing issues with the product reach out to kaseya to explain the issues that they're seeing then they bring it then they took took it down fixed that issue and then took it up because so for example i didn't submit any support tickets directly with kaseya when we were seeing issues but every time i would see an issue it would go down within an hour of me seeing that issue and then when it got brought back up that issue would be fixed so it was almost like um almost negative externality effects of you know they might have fixed problem a but caused yeah. a new problem b c d and e yeah. So it it was nice that one they started on a Sunday so yeah. that you could kind of slow roll soft roll back into production. But at the same time, no coder is going to have perfect code especially under a, yeah. under a time crunch to get that get that address. So I mean, that's where in a situation like that the best way to get everything back up and running is you have to work with the people that have boots on the ground that are using it like that is the, in my opinion, the best way they could have done it, where it's, you know, these people are using Kaseya to manage clients. Let's bring it back up. Let's see what issues they report. And then we'll take it down to fix those issues and then bring it back up again. So it's just kind of working together to make sure everything was good to go. Almost like an extreme beta test yeah. case, given that people still need it, but at the same time, it still has to be secure. And these situations suck. They're no fun and they do cause a lot of downtime, but you know, a way to make the downtimes uh, or to lessen the downtime is to work together. Yeah. And like in those situations, you can't have any islands. You have to have everybody on the same page working together and making sure that when it gets brought back up, it's brought back up the best way possible. Yeah, I've seen instances in the past where people rush to get something back up for the sake of just being back up, and then the damage is doubled because yeah. they had some bigger hole open up that they didn't even realize was the case until it was too late. Yeah, exactly. And like, if it's down for two weeks, why not take three days to make sure it comes back up properly and that our clients are taken care of going forward? Because the last thing we want is for the, you know us not be able to service our clients through Kaseya for for two weeks straight and then it comes back up 
and the next thing you know, our clients are, it's actually worse for it to be up than yeah. it is to be down. You start to lose you know? a lot of credibility in that yeah. case. Yep. So just to kind of recap the episode, like going forward, the best thing you can do in situations like this is take your product and put it in the cloud. And it's like the simplest, it's such a quick win. It's so simple. And it's something everyone should be doing because it's going to be more secure if it's housed by the vendor. They know the product better. Yeah, I would say when we're talking product, we're talking about these these tools from larger entities, private or public, because um, we do understand that there's issues with moving legacy applications that are on those old mm-hmm. 2003 end of life servers. We get it. Um, but where, where possible, you get a lot more advantages to, to the cloud um, version. I mean, just talking about QuickBooks this week, yeah. <laughs> like go to the cloud. It just, all, a lot of your pain goes away if, if you can get that data there. And there's such, such huge, some of these, some of these applications and SaaS, SaaS products are just, why do you want to have that on your system? Yeah. Yeah. You're not positioned to manage that properly. And then you've got a supply chain on the, you know, the, the bare metal to support it. And all the things that go into power going out, natural disaster, like this is stuff that you, it, it's not really the core function of your business and you're not adding a lot of value to your C-suite by constantly putting out fires in a data center closet or on-prem data center. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So that puts a wrap on this episode of, you know, everything that you can kind of do going forward to make sure that you're doing what you can to prevent these attacks. You know, you want to put it in the cloud to make sure it's as secure as possible with the vendor. Then it's great to have a team that is sitting there watching the day-to-day operations of the business to make sure nothing looks, you know, out of sorts. And then if it gets past that level, then making sure you have um, backups in place to bring up any infrastructure that goes down. And that creates a very like well-rounded scenario where if the worst was to happen, then we have the best scenario possible ready to go. Yeah, that pragmatic approach is really, you, you kind of nailed it. Like it's, there's no perfect solution, but there's good practices across many swim lanes. And if you're, if you're adhering to those where possible, you're just creating a higher probability that you're going to be protected and not not the target of the the lone you know the lone sheep who breaks away from the herd. Like you got to make sure that you're you're doing what it takes, and sometimes that's a chore. But at the same time, you know, there's partners out there to help you do that. Exactly. So, Derek, I'd like to thank you again for being the second host on the podcast for probably, what, the sixth episode straight or so. (laughs) It's always a pleasure. Danny, we always appreciate everything you do to make the podcast happen. Um, And I appreciate myself for being on it every week as well. (laughs) But no, and obviously we love having the listeners and, and, you know, being able to put a podcast out for you guys every month or or twice a month. So we hope that you guys enjoy this and that, that you come and tune in for our episodes in August. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.